guess what? This episode marks our 500th episode of Polygamy, What Love Is This? And guess what else? The Mormon Church continues to be dishonest about their polygamous beginnings and they're still sweeping polygamy under the rug and polygamy groups still thrive. Looks like we still got a lot of work to do. On September 9th of 2018, the Mormon Church held what they call a face-to-face -face devotional for young adults held in Nauvoo, Illinois. Now, the young adults would gather gathered together and asked questions of Quentin Cook and two LDS historians. And this face-to-face -face event was posted on their webpage, and the link to that question and answer session is on the screen so that you can go there and look at it for yourself. Now, this segment is devoted to discussing their answers to question number four, which dealt with LDS history of polygamy. And we are going to use some of their clips from their discussion points for our show this time. We have uh, particular points that we want to deal with to show once again that they refuse to be honest, they continue to lie about the integrity of Joseph Smith, and continue to blame God for polygamy. So let's begin with the concerns they expressed and difficulty that people have in accepting early Mormon and Joseph Smith's polygamy. This is our first clip. Um, as you can imagine, we've received quite a few questions regarding polygamy. Um, for example, a young adult from Utah asked, I've struggled for years to come to peace about polygamy in the early church. Why was it necessary for Joseph Smith and many other leaders to practice it? And Morgan from Florida added, what do I tell my family when they ask about polygamy in the early days of the church? They aren't generally satisfied with the, well, we don't practice it anymore answer. Now it's obvious that the younger generation is still curious about the reprehensible practice of Joseph Smith's polygamy and they do want answers. The answers that they were given in this particular session, however, weren't answers at all. They were rhetorical responses designed to ignore the hard questions and to cover up the ugliness, the deceit, and the lying, and also the pedophilia that was part of early Mormon polygamy. We have the next clip. That's a big question. <laughs> uh, but I have studied polygamy. I actually descend from people who, who chose to practice plural marriage. I have great-great-grandmas and great-great-great-grandmas who, who did so. Two of them were named Sarah. It, it wasn't an easy path for them. One of them was the seventh wife, and she just didn't receive the resources and support that she needed to support herself and her children, especially after her husband died. Uh, one of them was a first wife, but all of the descendants say that it was the second wife that was the favorite <laughs> wife. The second wife got to travel with the husband while the first wife took care of all the kids and did their laundry, <laughs> made their meals. Uh, but, but what I feel honored to descend from those two Sarahs and from their husbands. Their example has taught me to center my life on faith. And their example has taught me to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to do so prayerfully. To, to put their lives in a little bit of um, doctrinal and historical context, the 
instruction we have in the Book of Mormon about plural marriage. It's Jacob chapter 2, verse 30. And Jacob says, monogamy is the Lord's wish for his people. And there are rare exceptions where the Lord commands us to practice plural marriage in order to raise up a righteous people. Now that was Kate Holbrook, and she was one of the two uh, Mormon historians that were there who answered some of the questions, only didn't really answer them. Several people have expressed that they are highly insulted by her laughing and obvious amusement at the hardship and the sacrifice that plural wives suffered in the early church. But there's nothing funny about it. It's not amusing in the least, but they found it rather amusing. There's a lot that she said that we will not cover right now, but we will talk about a little bit later on. Polygamy is a very poor example on which to center our life of faith, as Holbrook said it has done for her. One response to her cavalier attitude said, and I quote, Members who rejoice in their bloodline in order to validate polygamy's slave owners, what a concession! And how true that is. They are, as the Mormons, LDS Church, are ashamed of modern-day polygamists who obey Joseph Smith's polygamy, but they are so proud of their own polygamist heritage. That's called hypocritical. Great attempts to sugarcoat polygamy, but not a very great job. Our next clip. Now, as plural marriage was practiced officially for about 50 years, it was always something that people could choose. Well, <laughs> it wasn't always a choice. Uh, she said that they lived polygamy for 50 years and proceeded to say that it ended in 1890. But it wasn't until 1904 when the United States government threatened economic penalties if they did not stop the practice. In fact, Frank Cannon said, and I quote, President Joseph F. Smith admitted that he had had 11 children born to him by his five wives since pledging himself to obey the revealed manifesto of 1890. Apostle Francis Marion Lyman made a similar admission of guilt, though to a lesser degree. So did John Henry Smith and Charles W. Penrose. So did a score of others. And they confessed that they were living in violation of their pledges to the nation and the terms of their amnesty against the laws and the constitution of the state and contrary to the revelation of God by which the doctrine of polygamy had been withdrawn from the practice in the church. Bishop Charles E. Merrill, the son of an apostle, testified that his father had married him to a plural wife in 1891. Mrs. Clare Sarah Kennedy testified that she had been married to a polygamist in 1896 in Juarez, Mexico by Apostle John W. Taylor, had taken two plural wives within four years, and that Apostle M. F. Cowley had taken one, and both these men fled from the country in order to escape a summons to appear before the Senate committee. Now that was Frank J. Cannon who said that. In fact, Mormon Apostle Charles Penrose said, and I quote, the manifesto was not a divine production, but something manufactured to outwit the church's enemies. So it was all just a ruse anyway. Kate Holbrook said that polygamy was always something that people could choose to do. 
That is a deceptive statement. It was not always a choice. Men were pushed or shamed into it, and their wives were threatened into it. Doctrine and Covenants section 132, which is the revelation for polygamy, says this in verse 54, quote, If she, referring to Emma Smith, will not abide this commandment, polygamy, she shall be destroyed. Almost every potential plural wife was presented with the choice of polygamy or destruction. Some choice. Kate Holbrook. Our next clip. Now some of you, I know from your questions, wonder what does our past practice of plural marriage mean for the afterlife, for what will greet us after this life. Our church leaders have taught us that monogamy is the rule and plural marriage is the exception. And our church leaders have taught us that plural marriage is not necessary for exaltation or for eternal glory. She said it wasn't necessary. <laughs> the LDS church fathers said it was. Let's quote Brigham Young. He said, now if any of you will deny the plurality of wives and continue to do so, I promise that you will be damned. And I will go still further and say that this revelation or any other revelation that the Lord had given and deny it in your feelings. And I promise that you will be damned. According to Brigham Young, you can't even deny it in your feelings. And the revelation itself, section 132, verses 4 and 6, says this, For behold, I reveal unto you a new and everlasting covenant. And if you abide not that covenant, then are ye damned. For no one can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. Verse 6, And as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, he that receiveth the fullness thereof must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, saith the Lord God. Now, that's pretty clear. I, I don't think that there's, there's any chance of misinterpreting that. If one does not practice polygamy, you're damned. There is no shortage of contradictions in Mormonism. Then Matt Grow, and there's much more that, that Kate said that we don't have time to go through everything, but we're going to go to Matt Grow now. He was a, the second historian that were there, was there, and he comments on um, on the question about polygamy. So we'll see his next comment in the next clip. Well, Kate gave us a lot to think about there. I'll, I'll just add a, a few thoughts. As, as I think about plural marriage, it's important to remember that the vast majority of Latter-day Saints throughout time have lived in monogamous marriages and monogamous families. And to me, that reiterates what Kate was saying about uh, church leaders, the scriptures teaching us that Plural marriage is an exception, and monogamy is the standard. Polygamy, the exception, and monogamy, the standard. Since when did God ever make exceptions to his commands? When did God ever make exception to thou shalt not commit adultery? Our next clip. And to, to, to put it differently, uh, church leaders have taught us that a monogamous couple, sealed in the temple and faithful to their covenants, will receive all of the blessings of exaltation and eternity. Again, 
that's not the official doctrine that was taught in the early days of Mormonism, actually until just recently. I want to quote the Millennial Star, damnation was the awful penalty affixed to a refusal to obey this law of polygamy. It became an acknowledged doctrine of the church. It was indissolubly interwoven in the minds of its members with their hopes of eternal salvation and exaltation in the presence of God, end quote. And there are literally dozens and dozens of quotes we could use to prove that you had to live polygamy to get exaltation. Now, we wonder why Kate and Matt ignore these very clear and concise statements. Polygamy was very definitely necessary. They claim that a monogamous couple receives the same blessings as a polygamous couple. That's not what the Mormon prophets taught. I want to quote prophet and leader Joseph F. Smith when he said, and I quote, Some people have supposed that the doctrine of plural marriage was a sort of superfluity or non-essential to the salvation or exaltation of mankind. In other words, some of the saints have said and believe that a man with one wife sealed to him by the authority of the priesthood for time and eternity will receive an exaltation as great and glorious if he is faithful, as he possibly could with more than one. I want here to enter my solemn protest against this idea, for I know it is false. It's, <clears throat> it's absolutely impossible to believe both of what, what both of those people said. First, it is required, then it's not required. He clearly refuted the idea that monogamy earns the same blessings as polygamy. Let's go to our next clip. In saints, the, the history is told not just through the experience of Joseph Smith or other men, but through the experience of women such as Emma Smith and Emily Partridge and Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner. I had to chuckle at this one. Um, he referenced three of Joseph Smith's wives, and why he chose those three is a source of utter amazement. None of those uh, three wives of Joseph Smith would be good examples, but, but these three are really the worst of all the ones he could have used. Um, first of all, he, he um, referenced Emma Smith. This is what uh, Brigham Young said about Emma, and I quote, Emma Smith took the revelation on polygamy. She went to the fireplace and put it in it and put a candle under it and burned it. And she thought that was the end of it. And she will be damned as sure as she is a living woman. Joseph used to say that he would have to go um, that he would have her hereafter if he had to go to hell for her, and he will have to go to hell for her as sure as he ever gets her, end quote. Now, that's what Brigham Young had to say about uh, Emma, which he referenced as being a good example of, of what polygamy did in a person's spiritual life. Emma had nothing good to say about polygamy. She denied that her husband ever lived the principle, even though she knew he had. Emma, Emma hated polygamy. She ch uh, chased Fanny Alger out of her home. She pushed Eliza Snow down the stairs, which caused a permanent limp in one of her hips, and some people say a miscarriage. And she ordered the Partridge sisters out of her house immediately upon learning her husband was making sexual advances toward them. Next, he mentioned Emily Partridge, whom it sounded like he called her Emily Cartridge. Smith's plural wife, or plural marriage to Emily Partridge was done with extreme extreme deceit and secrecy, and just a few days after he married her, he married her sister Eliza, 
we have testimony that Smith did indeed share the same bed with Emily Partridge. The third woman that he uh, mentioned, he exemplified her also with Smith's uh, plural marriage to Mary Rollins Leitner. We have to wonder why he referenced her. Mary Rollins Leitner was a married woman when Joseph Smith took her to his plural marriage bed. She was the wife of Adam Leitner. She was 23 years old and pregnant with Adam's third child when Joseph Smith married her. And her husband was out of town when he married her and did not know of the event. Mary is quoted as saying, I did just as Joseph Smith told me to do. Our next clip. The revelation to practice plural marriage did not come with an instruction manual. <laughs> no instruction manual? I wonder if he owns the Doctrine and Covenants and has ever read section 132. <laughs> There's some pretty uh, stern instructions about polygamy in that chapter and some very strong warnings about disobeying its precepts. And now our final clip. I just want to make three points. Uh, coming to the fruits of this, uh, it's clear that there was a lot of sacrifice in those uh, marriages. There was a lot of love and unity, but there was also sacrifice. And they taught their children to sacrifice. And those children of those plural marriages, uh, in the early years of missionaries going out to the world, many, many of them were taking the gospel of Jesus Christ across the world and blessing everybody with that gospel. The second one is, and I've always been touched by this, is that there were some, I'm thinking of Valet Kimball, who received their own personal revelation before they knew fully about what it was that this was, that this came from God. And the third one is that in the councils of the church, uh, in the senior councils of the church, uh, there's a feeling that polygamy as it was practiced uh, served its purpose and we should honor those saints but that purpose has been accomplished and that, that it isn't necessary. Now there are unanswered questions uh, and we don't always receive revelation on everything. <clears throat> President uh, Ballard and I were laughing about this the other day and saying uh, when the millennium comes there's a thousand years and we're going to need a thousand years to uh, get the answers to all of the issues that uh, surround everything. But I want you to know that we have a loving Heavenly Father who has a perfect plan that his plan is one of happiness, that we have a Savior who did everything for us, we can trust in them. Okay, well, Mr. Cook laughs and makes jokes about this as well, about a topic that is nothing funny about it. He said that they lived polygamy in love and unity and sacrifice. The only truth in that statement is the sacrifice. Let's look at a couple of historical quotes from those who did live polygamy. First from Heber C. Kimball, who had 45 wives, he said, and I quote, There is a great deal of quarreling in the houses and contending for power and authority, and the second wife is against the first wife, perhaps in some instances, end quote. And we'll go next to Brigham Young, who had 55 wives, and he would know if it was peace and unity. And he said, a few years ago, one of my wives, when talking about wives leaving their husbands, said, I wish my husband's wives would leave him, every soul of them except myself. 
That is the way they all feel, more or less, at times, both old and young. So, he can hardly say they lived in peace and unity. And again, these are just two quotes out of many that we could use. Polygamy causes discord and disunity from Abraham to Jacob to King David. Every Bible story of polygamy down, down through the ages, polygamy has caused major upsets in every household. Cook said that polygamy had a purpose, but that purpose had been accomplished, so it's no longer needed. What purpose? He never said. He, and they never answered that question. None of them did. Nowhere in the Bible did God command polygamy or state a purpose for people to do it. That's just a very frail excuse for a question they don't have a believable answer to. And then he quoted all this propaganda with Mormonized frosting when he said, we do know that we have a loving Heavenly Father who has a perfect plan, and His plan is one of happiness. Really? How does a perfect plan of happiness equate with the pain polygamy brings? Or was His plan of happiness not for the plural wives? He said, we have a Savior who did everything for us. Really? Everything? If they truly believe that Jesus did everything for us, then polygamy, temple work, sealings, tithing, Sabbath keeping, word of wisdom, and every other religious work that Mormonism requires would never be required or necessary at all, ever. Because everything excludes nothing. George Cannon said, and I quote, if I had not obeyed that command of God concerning plural marriage, I believe I would have been damned. And that pretty much sums it up. That's basically what they all believe. There is no exaltation without polygamy, despite what they said. Now, we have some comments from social media um, that this video was posted on, and, and I want to share what some of those people said. And this is just part of what some of them said. We couldn't possibly do them all. But one said, quote, deception in action. The Mormon leadership deceives the youth of the church while smiling and laughing about the unusual application of polygamy by Joseph Smith. As the current Mormon leadership continued to perform these elaborate mental, emotional, and biblical gymnastics to justify the horrific behavior of Joseph Smith, they only served to prepare a new generation of young women to trust in those men who would seek to abuse and exploit them in the future. Good points, and I appreciate what she said. Another one said this, and I quote, Number one, they say that monogamy is the standard, and polygamy is the exception to God's commands. God does not give exceptions to His laws. Number two, they claim that polygamy did not come with an instruction manual. What is Doctrine and Covenants 132 then? It teaches, one, that you must have the consent of the first wife, Two, the other wife must not have given vow to any other man. And three, wives must be virgins. Verse 61, Joseph broke all of the requirements prior and during his practice of polygamy. And number three, they say that polygamy was used to bring forth seed to the church. But in the Gospel Topic Essays, they reference, it is claimed that Joseph's polygamy was spiritual, not physical. If he did not bring forth seed with his child brides and his brides, they were still married to other living men then why did they become his plural wives? Good questions. 
They, the, one of their excuses is, well, there's never any children from these marriages, then he shouldn't have been doing it because the Doctrine and Covenant only allows it if you're going to bring forth seed. Another one said this, deception, 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 lying for the Lord, typical Mormon practice that continues. It is so very sad how millions of souls are programmed to believe this false doctrine. Follow the prophet. He knows the way. Follow the prophet. He'll never lead you astray. When the prophet speaks, the thinking is over. Oh, by the way, the prophet has spoken, members, you are no longer Mormons. Oh, that's kind of a jab there. <laughs> and another one said, that was deceptive. God never commanded polygamy in the Bible. Pretty much everything she said was a bunch of crap. Well, after watching this question and answer session about polygamy, one former Mormon said this, and I quote, I just watched this and I want to puke. Isn't it funny how they have changed what we were taught when I was in seminary? I don't know who that lady is, but she's a lying fool. She really didn't even answer the question. She skirted around it, then half answered. I know everyone my age and older were taught that we can't get into the highest degree of glory if we didn't live polygamy. I know that lady was taught that also. She had to work hard to come up with her answers, and it wasn't even good. Who is she anyway? I was boiling, end quote. And... All these three people kept saying, the leaders have told us, the leaders have told us, the leaders have told us. But from the leaders, from Joseph Smith until today, have led the people astray, forcing them to depend upon human leadership rather than Jesus Christ. And that pretty much sums it up. More could be said. In fact, a lot more could be said about what they said. But we just don't have the time. And we wonder how a church that boasts that they are the only true church can spend so much time and effort covering up the truth. They twist events into something that, that wasn't. And, and, and they accuse truth tellers of doing what they themselves are guilty of doing. We cannot judge each individual, but we can judge between truth and lies. And God will judge their cover-ups and their plotting to deceive. We can only pray that when Quentin Cook said Jesus is everything, that he will come to his senses and really understand that Jesus is everything. And that giving up the many requirements and commandments of Mormonism and embracing the true gospel is the only way to be blessed with everything that Jesus is. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.